0: Hi, I'm Doug Bennett. Welcome to my podcast, Goals Do Come True. In 2004, I wrote 11 goals in a 59P notebook and it got tucked away in the drawer. When I found it again five years later, I found that I'd completed 10 out of 11 of the goals that I'd written down. So I set myself some more challenging goals and I now find myself in a completely different financial position. So listen in to the secrets of how goals do come true. Hello and thank you for joining me on my podcast, Goals Do Come True. Today I'm speaking to Steve O'D. Steve is the founder of Citrus Travel and Lights on Marketing. He's passionate about stellar customer service, loves riding his bike, he's a supporter of Fulham Football Club and he's host of the Outstanding Travelling Optimist podcast. So Steve, I've known you for, oh, must be 10, 12 years now and we're really, really good friends and I've watched your life unfold over the last 10-12 years, but you know, tell us about your story and how goals have formed, a part of the process to help you achieve over these years.
1: Thanks very much for having me on your show, Doug. It's a brilliant podcast, so I really appreciate it. Goals have been a really big part of my life, actually, and funnily enough, when you asked me to come on the show, it made me have a think about when I was sort of first influenced by goal setting and I was trying to think back and one of the key things or key moments in my life was when I was about 11 years old and there was an interform indoor hockey competition and me and my friends decided to enter a a team into the competition we did quite well we were doing all right in the sort of league system and we got into like the quarterfinals that's when I started to think that we could win this and I thought oh it'd be really good to win this oh, my God, you know, really, I really want to win this competition now. Because prior to that, actually, I was like a a goofy-toothed, pretty, I wouldn't say ugly, but, you know, I'd I'd taken a lot of nonsense from people when I was younger because of my looks. And I thought, you know, this is going to be one in the eye for all those those people. So I really wanted it badly. And we got to the quarterfinals, and that's when I started taking the winning part of it quite seriously. And so what I'd set myself a goal there to help me and my friends win this competition. But on top of that, what I started to do was visualize winning that competition. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that is a really powerful addition to that goal setting toolbox, really. So there I was winning these these games. We got to the quarterfinals. I visualized that we won it, uh, that particular game, the final, and we got through to the semi-final for like, all of the nights prior to the game, which we did, and then we got to the semi-finals, and I went through the same process, and I visualised winning the cup. You could see the cup, you know, prior to the competition starting. And Mr. Cartwright, the games teacher, put it on a on a table. So every time we walked into the indoor sports arena, a hall rather, we saw the cup. So I visualised holding the cup, you know, with my mate. And we got to the semi-final, we won that one. And then we got to the final and every night, there was like three or four nights gap between each game and every night I went to bed and I just visualised, I closed my eyes and I could see myself holding this cup up with my mates, being really excited about it. And I really got quite emotional when you sort of visualise that kind of thing. So we did that and we got to the day of the final, I was really nervous, the game started and I was in goal and so... And also prior to that, I was visualising myself saving all these, all these shots on goal and stuff, um, which I did, and it was you know really incredible. And we won the game, and it was such an amazing feeling. And I held the cup up, and it was exactly how I visualised, the goal of reaching that.
0: And so you, you stumbled across, the goal setting and the visualisation way back then. Yes. When you were eleven. Yes. Um, well, I think I mean that. It's a great story. <laughs> uh, my story is, you know, I sat on the bench. I was basketball team, wasn't tall enough, wasn't big enough at all. But they let me on, yeah. and I, I won a medal. I didn't play, but you know, I was I sat on the bench. So it pales into insignificance against your story of winning <laughs> the cup. Which, you know, but uh, what I love about that is the fact that you visualised. But what was going through my head as I was listening to you there is, did your mates visualise as well? Probably not. Or was it all down to you? I mean, but you were the goalkeeper. So, you know, that's integral to...
1: I was the key component in that game without question. Naturally. Which obviously goes without saying. But, yeah, I stumbled upon this concept and I didn't even realise it. But actually all throughout my childhood, reflecting back... It's something that I've always done. I've always kind of visualised, you know, what I would be looking to do later on in within whatever I was doing. So, as an example, if I was cross-country running, I would visualise myself, you know, just switching on the afterburners and really running hard and, um, you know, finishing the course. And that kind of thing obviously had a, a very positive effect on me when I started working. Because when I started working then, I was in sales, so I just always set goals in terms of sales targets
0: got got to have goals when you're in sales yeah i mean just got you don't stand any chance of any kind of decent career no if you're in sales and you haven't got goals no absolutely and we get them thrust upon us by the sales manager and you know the expectations are there and they give us all the raw tools Mm. but actually It's got to come from within. Any kind of success, I think, has got to come from within you Mm. and your own goals. And that gives meaning to whatever anybody else expects of you.
1: Well, I associated those goals with looking goals within goals. So if I set myself a goal of selling, you know, £1.5 million worth of holidays, because I was in the holiday business, um, over the course of the year... I would then break that down and think, well, that means I'm going to get such and such, which means that's going to go towards the deposit for my first house. So there was my goal within the goal, if you see what I mean.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I can see that.
1: And it motivated me to do more. So I was selling holidays like they were going out of fashion because I had this really big dream of owning my own house. And so I would be working all hours under the sun, visualising myself walking through the door of this new house, This was in the days before the internet, so I would get some house sheets. Property details. Property details, that's right. So I'd get property details from a a local estate agent, have a look at their houses for sale, look at them, visualise them, and then that would be, yes, that's the one I want. I'm going to go out, sell as much as I possibly can, and as much commission as I possibly can. And so if they set me a target of like 1.5 million, I'd say, right, you've got to do 2.5. So for like five years on the trot, I would be doing over £2 million worth of sales in holidays. And, you know, that helped me get to the point where I got my first house. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Excellent.
1: Do you write your goals down? I do write my goals down. Right. But that came about from a conversation with you. Excellent. And I've got my latest book with me, which obviously if it was television, it'd be great. But on on a podcast, you can't see it. But, yeah, if I just do that. That's flicking through my goal sheet. So I've got a few things in my goals book. But when you said to me, Steve, you've got to write your goals down. Man. And this was literally probably just a few years after you wrote your first book of, yeah, of goals. Yeah, so well, actually just a few years after that. It's about five years, isn't it? So I started writing them down. But also prior to that, there were some other goals which I'd written down. And one of them was, gosh, what was it? Starting my own business. There's one. I wanted to have my own business. And so I've realized that goal. Excellent. So I've ticked that off.
0: Ticked that one off.
1: But this is all of me stumbling across this concept. It wasn't me thinking strategically, yes, you've got to write them down. You know, I hadn't heard of that story of that, the Harvard Business School survey that they did where, you know.
0: Was it 3% of them wrote their goals down and they'd achieved more than the other 97% yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that? Yeah. So this yeah. is
1: like way before I'd learned all of those stories. But I still wrote them down. And the other thing as well I said I wanted to do was marry a beautiful brunette. So lo and behold, Maria is beautiful and she's a brunette. So that's another another goal that I ticked off. The other one that I didn't write down, but uh, all throughout, I don't know why, but all throughout my sort of early 20s and into when I got married and stuff, I'd always visualised that I'd like going to have two daughters. I've got two beautiful daughters. It's just no, it's amazing.
0: Crazy. It is crazy how these things happen. Because, no. you know, Mark, Mark Baker, he was visualising his family. Mm. And that was in quite a lot of detail. And you visualised having two daughters. And they are indeed beautiful. That's true enough. So there is something in this visualisation thing. And I think there's a lot in the writing of the goals yeah. in the first instance. Then visualising them. them. Yeah, you know, when people talk about vision boards mm. and you know, putting photos up on the wall, mm-hmm. somewhere that you're gonna see things on a regular basis. Mm. And I think all of that sort of stuff just mm. pulls you towards
1: Oh yeah, totally. I'll give you a good example because I was a good family friend of ours, sort of way back in the I don't know, late eighties, would always talk about going to Mauritius on holiday. Okay. I'd never even heard of Mauritius at that time of my life and I wondered where it was and I thought so I I looked it up and saw some pictures and it It was just beautiful this sort of turquoise waters the mountains you know on the southern part of the island and the lush vegetation in the middle and uh, the beautiful reefs and everything I mean it just looked beautiful and I thought wow that's amazing I'd love to go there somehow that sort of planted a seed and then sort of the knock-on effect of that is that the ripple of that meant that I was On a course where I'd be working for a company, I'd be selling holidays to Mauritius, and then I'd be eventually going on holiday to Mauritius, myself, with beautiful Maria, obviously.
0: Obviously, yeah, you wouldn't want to necessarily leave her behind. Yeah,
1: so I don't know whether that's kind of a... I don't know, what do you think? Is that sort of law of attraction? Is that something that the seed was planted... I, um, think,
0: I think there's a lot out there. You know, people have got this thing about the law of attraction and is it, you know, mumbo-jumbo, is it the devil's work?
1: I, I believe in it, totally. Um,
0: yeah, I believe that there's an energy out there and you can attract stuff. Oh, yeah. there is the law of attraction. Mm. But you have to work towards it. I mean, that's the important thing. Mm. It's like, I think the mumbo-jumbo stuff is I'm going to sit and meditate and think and think and think Mm. and these things will happen for you but no actually you've got to you know get up and work and move towards the things as well yeah you've got to take action got to take action yeah. yeah one of the most important things there so um they talk about having big hairy audacious goals
1: okay
0: right these like megas now have you got one of those that you has either come true for you or that you're working on at the moment um If you've already achieved it, you know, when did you have it? How long did it take to come to fruition and what steps did you go through to achieve it? Or have you got one that you're working on at the moment?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I've had a lot of goals over my life. They're not like earning £25 million and all that business. My goals tend to be a little bit more simpler than that, but still just as impactful. So one of the goals that I wanted to achieve would be to be around as a father for my two girls. And that was one of the reasons why I started my own business, because Sophia was just four and Olivia was six months old. And having my own business meant that I have been able to go to every single nativity play, every single school production, every single school reports evening you know take them on their ballet runs taxi runs to their ballet dances and stuff like that I've been able to share all of those times with them. and that's something which I wanted to do I didn't have that when I was young with my father um, my dad used to work abroad a lot and he did that purely but well, that was his gig he, he needed to be abroad but he dug tunnels for a living and that's what he did to provide for his family and I totally get that and that, that's absolutely, I'm not, not knocking my dad because um, he was an absolute ledge. But I wanted to do it differently. And so that was my goal. And so when I was looking back, I mean, Sophia's 20 now and Liv is, only, is, Liv is 16. So life is a bit different. But so when I look back now, I think, yeah, I've, I have achieved that goal. I've seen so much. I've been very lucky. I feel very blessed, actually. So, you know, seeing them grow up was a massive goal for me. And I've achieved that, which is, you know, incredible.
0: I think... That's a very, very important point there. Um, and it's very difficult to get that balance right. That mm. We talk about work-life balance. Mm. And it's very often the case that you can find yourself chasing a goal. But it's to the detriment of relationships. Mm. To the detriment of you know your home life. Mm. You're tired, exhausted. And whilst you might be off at the weekend if all you want to do is sleep... Mm doesn't really really wash no. so whilst it's to some extent you know as a entrepreneur you have this striving for it tends to be you know the commercial aspects of things mm. but I think at the end of the day the most important thing mm. that you can give your family and the only way, real way that they spell love is t-i-m-e and it's spending time, so that's a really, really seriously good goal there. Steve.
1: It was, it was fantastic. I, you know, as I said, I feel really blessed to be able to to be in a position to be able to have done that. Not everybody can do that, you know. I totally get that too. Moving forward, though, looking forward rather, there's so much that I'd really like to do. You know, I have a a love of safaris and Africa in general. Um, I have a lot of friends over there. I'd love to be able to be in a position where we can support. Um, schools and education and things like that over there some, I don't know what, I haven't really thought that out yet but I'm just sort of throwing it out there to the universe you know, looking to, to do something pretty mega and epic perhaps in Uganda or Tanzania or something like, yeah, just generally just help as many people as I possibly can realise that actually it's okay to be optimistic it's okay to be hopeful you know, it's all right to feel like that, you know, but it's also OK to, because I've had a few failures in my life.
0: <laughs> hey, we all have, mate. As we well. all
1: have, And it's OK to fail. And I think a lot of people are a bit afraid of that. And, you know, I guess, you know, thinking out loud, I'd love the goal to, moving forward to be able to help as many young people, particularly nowadays, because of all this sort of COVID thing. And there's a lot of people out there struggling with that. I'd love to be able to just help the younger generation really build their resilience and you know build their optimism and positivity and and really tell them it's okay you know you go out there don't sort of oh god I'm getting into this now hold on a minute it's like somebody said to me when I was very young if you don't get your hopes up you won't get disappointed and I thought that doesn't really work does it you know how does that how can you live your life like that and I was I mean I think I must have been about 14 when I heard that and I thought, I'm never going to live my life by that. But I actually generally think there's a lot of people out there that perhaps do live their lives like that. And I want to be able to be in a position where I can tell them, look, actually, you know what? You don't need to think like that, you know?
0: No. Uh, optimism is, you know, a good thing. Mm. Yeah. The thing is, um, this is something I've lived my life by. Uh, is the equation E plus R equals O.
1: Oh, that sounds interesting. What's that?
0: So E stands for the event. Right Now, events happen. Yeah. They always happen. Yeah. The plus R is your reaction to the event. Okay. Okay? Now, the reaction that you have to an event is actually the only thing that you can control. Yeah. Because the event's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we don't know who's going to win the election, but that event is going to happen. And then we're going to have a reaction, and that's the only thing we can control. Now, if you have a positive reaction to an event, there's an increased likelihood that you will have a positive outcome. Yes. If you have a negative reaction to an event, the chances are that the outcome will be negative. Yeah. So, E plus R equals O. Event plus reaction equals outcome. So, the only thing you can control in there is your reaction to something. So, be optimistic. I'm loving that. Be optimistic about your reactions to things. Glass half full is the other phrase, obviously, but um, I'm with you on the optimism front.
1: So, how can we get around? So, how can we do this then?
0: How can we do this? Yeah, what
1: can we do to help all those young people out there that are feeling adrift?
0: Well, I think we need to give them the opportunity to reach out and talk to people. Mm. I think you need to be available. I think people need to be aware that it's tough. Mm. It's tough, right? But it's tough for a reason because there's a reward associated with it and so you have to need to you know work through it i think people need to try and seek out positive influences positive mentors you know coaches Mm.
1: yeah i've seen that the benefits of having a a coach or a mentor are immense but you, you know younger people don't get that opportunity really do they
0: i don't think they the concept is shared with them enough no And that is a bit of a problem. And also, obviously, you know, really seriously good coaches cost a small fortune. (laughs) So that makes things a little bit difficult. But also,
1: seriously good coaches are also very generous people.
0: That is true, too. We
1: know some very generous people, don't we? Maybe we could do something and get a a network of people out there to help.
0: Yes, a good principle there. And I think a goal-setting podcast. I think <laughs> <laughs> might be a good starting point. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that might be a good thing to yeah. start. Oh shucks, we've done that already. <laughs> so, um, Steve, an opportunity to uh, have a shameless plug. You've got your travel businesses. They've been battered and pummeled over yeah. the last six or eight months. Yeah. It's going to come back. We're both optimistic about one day Yes, we'll be able to travel again. Yes. So um, we're going to make sure that you know your website and details, contact details are contained in the show notes, that's for sure. OK. But is there anything that you would like to um, share with us that you haven't done already as we come to a close on this, this week's podcast?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I, I've just started getting into a morning routine, which I thought was would be quite... Uh, Apt. so what I have on my phone is like a morning motivation playlist and so every time I'm getting the car to go to work I stick this on and it really gets you like fired up and ready for the day and I found that helped me over the last few months so yeah that's what I'm doing at the moment a bit random I know but no absolutely I'd highly it. recommend it
0: yeah um, you've got a feed You've got to feed that space between your ears mm. with some good, positive stuff. Yeah, And um, it will make a huge difference to yeah. you in the long term.
1: Yeah. But no, apart from that, I mean, you know what? I love this podcast, mate. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. I think there's some fantastic insight, with, you know, from all your guests, apart from me, obviously. All of your other guests have been brilliant. No, I feel no, a absolutely. Bit, don't I've got a bit of imposter now. syndrome here. But um, <laughs> don't do no, it's a, it's a really good thing that you're doing. And, I, I, you know, thank you for inviting me on. I really appreciate it.
0: No, uh, well, thanks for thanks for joining me. And that's uh, Steve Odie, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget to rate the podcast and review it on whatever platform you use. And we'll catch up soon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to review and subscribe on Apple, Google or Spotify. I'd love to hear about your goals. You can share them with me at dougbennett.co.uk.